conversation with NFL Network's Charles Davis. Brought to you by Premier Golf Centers. Now with Charles Davis, here's Jason Puckett and the Gas Man. Welcome to second hour of the radio program. Puckett Gas with you. Charles Davis joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Brought to you by, of course, our good friends at Premier Golf. There are 12 great courses around the area. Talking all things. We've been talking about the draft. We, we did a recap of the draft last week. Now talking all things NFL. We've had Charles for a few more visits during uh, this offseason. Stay tuned to the end because, of course, Charles' favorite thing, and it's his favorite thing on radio, all the interviews he does, is we give him a 60-second great movie clip uh, there from the 1980s. Charles, the big news out here has been, of course, a baseball team. Our James Paxton, yeah. our, our Canadian pitcher, throwing a no-hitter uh, last night now. We have a great poll question up there uh, in terms of what has given him strength uh, to throw that no-hitter. One of the key things he gave up in the offseason was dairy. He's given, He said dairy's a big part of why I've been a better pitcher this year. Charles, what are you willing to give up to become an even to, better broadcaster? To make yourself better, yeah. Charles. Yeah, what are you going to give up? Make myself better? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Trying to think of, I'm trying huh? to think of the things yeah. that you know what he's going to say. Be having that I'm having. You yeah. know, you know, what you should say, Charles. You should say this show. <laughs> no, I'm going to give no. up this show to make myself about? better. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have a blast oh, on yeah. this show. In case you can't tell, <laughs> and it's not. And just for just for the record, it's not just the '80s movies part, but the idea that you guys thought about doing the '80s movies oh. part is mm. absolutely awesome. So I love that part. Um, I would be willing to give up. Sweets, ice cream, oh. all that stuff. My my biggest problem is I've got a sweet tooth yeah, that's that tough. will not stop. Yeah. yeah, and I'm telling you, it's you know, sliding into an airplane seat right now, not good for me. Yeah, that's, that, that's no, when you lose a little weight. That. When you lose a little weight, that's the best feeling in the world. Is when you get on an airplane and go, I could actually fit into this seat right now and not be a. You know, have a the seatbelt's not all the way pulled yeah, out. I don't have a fat avalanche going over the the. the, the the rest into the middle funny, seat. Finally, that was funny. about you bringing that up. I have a friend um, at one of the places I work out. She is a flight attendant, and I asked her because I remember the Seinfeld routine about you know if you haven't been in a car since like 1962, maybe you don't know how to do the seatbelt. But other than that, why are we doing this all the time? And I asked her. I said, you know, just how real is that? And she said, unfortunately. Not as real as he wants it to be. She said, "Every flight I have people who don't don't, don't know how to do the seatbelt on a flight." So it, it, just, it just threw right. me because I thought, "Yeah, that's pretty pretty common stuff, right? Why do we have to yeah. go through this spiel all the time?" Because when you're a frequent flyer, you know, and I am for fortunately because of my job, I feel like the announcements are incessant. You know, and yeah. what drives me absolutely blotto is when the pilot comes on and says, "We've begun our initial descent." You know, you know, and, and we're going to be down and such and such. As soon as he or she gets off the the mic, a flight attendant picks up the mic and tells you the exact same thing. Well, or, or they go, like, "Hey, why did why yeah. are we doing this twice? Yeah, they told We've done us, it already. They told us to tidy up the cabin early." I heard one the other day that just cracked me up. I heard one, the, and I honestly, I wanted to stand up and ask who had done this, but I decided why create a disturbance. They get on the the, the flight attendant gets on the the thing. We're about thirty minutes from landing, and Ken goes, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen." So many of you have asked us about our American Airlines credit card oh, yeah. program that we're going to tell you a few things. I'm like, no, no we now, have it. Now, wait a minute. Which one of you idiots asked a question about the credit card <laughs> and they're program? They're walking around. Come like, on. They're like the guys outside of Vegas on the strip, yeah. you know, with the, with yeah. the, with the, the porn with the, slappers. <laughs> Come on, yeah. who wants a credit card? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, your answer, the answer to your question is 
No one asked. Uh, right, right. That's, right. A, that's, that's right. a lock. And I did ask my flight attendant friend, I said, so so when when you have to do that, she said, no one wants to do it. Yeah. She said, we know. We, sure, we, we know. Sure. It's part of the job. We have to do it. But she said, have you noticed how fast most of us move up and down the aisle? Sure, yeah. we kind of, We've gotten to the point now where you, they hold them out, fanned out like it's a stack of playing cards. Mm-hmm. And they just walk down the aisle, and most of them don't even say, they just kind of look at you and, like, I know you're going to say no, I know you're going to say no, I know you're going to say no. Right. I've yet to see anyone go, hey, I, I want one. I've not seen that yet. I'm still waiting. Charles, again, Charles Davis joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, brought to you by our great friends at Premier Golf, NFL Network on Fox Sports. The big news here, other than the big, uh, other than uh, James Paxson throwing his no-hitter last night, Cliff Averill announcing uh, that he failed his physical, and the Seahawks yeah. um, uh, designated him to fail that physical is no longer part of the team. He is joining this show. I don't know if you know that, right. Charles. He's joining I did, I did us. Read that. Yeah, from uh, ten to one. Congratulations! Yeah, he starts in yeah. July, so hopefully, when you join us again, see, I'm putting you on the spot. When you join us again in the yeah. fall for a weekly visit, I'm looking forward to there it. There you go. You get a chance to actually talk to a professional uh, in Cliff Avery. <laughs> what? What? When you think about Cliff Avery's impact on this football team, uh, what first comes to mind? I think I think that one more Super Bowl would have been won if he doesn't get hurt against New England. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. an interesting point to yeah. think about. We don't, you know, we obviously have a few other things about that game we tend to talk about yeah. up here. Yeah, but that's a great but, but, point. But you guys remember what was happening at that point. Mm-hmm. He and he and Michael Bennett were wreaking havoc inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute havoc. Brady couldn't step up. He was struggling. The lead had grown, you know, to what it looked like a controllable lead because of the defense. Even though you know it's Brady. But he gets hurt, and that changed the dynamics of the pass rush. And Brady all of a sudden had that extra, the extra flick of time that he needed. Mm-hmm. And when he gets that, we all know the, actual, the the outcome of what he's going to do. We can say whatever we want. We can make all the jokes about Tom Brady. You know, I know he's catching a rash of them right now for the outfit to the Met get <laughs> the other day. I, I realize so. all that. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> Bottom line is, no one wants to play against him. Yeah, okay, yeah. he is he is he's one of the best that's ever done it. And that would be inarguable for the rest of the time we actually play this great game. That's who he is. But when he got hurt, when Cliff Averill got hurt, that pass rush changed. That gave them an opportunity, and they seized it and won it. Yes, there are plenty of other things to talk about, but that's the first thing I think about because I don't think Cliff will ever get his absolute due as a player and how impactful he was on, on the game because, remember, the Seattle defense was such a collective you know, we can talk about all the great players, but you think Seattle defense and you start listing a bunch of guys so no one gets that full where we this person stands out, That that's what happened with Cliff Averill. And people also may forget he was an absolute professional in his time in Detroit. He was on part of that horrendous run there that they had and still put up a, a nice season, still played it all the way out. That's what I'll remember about Cliff Averill. It's a great point about the the Super Bowl too. And I was just looking this up. It was the third quarter when he gets knocked out? Yeah. And and yeah. And, and then what happens in the fourth quarter? Brady has the greatest fourth quarter in Super Bowl history until he had the game against Atlanta two years later. But that's that's re- you know the other thing about April is until he got hurt last year. And boy, it's such a rugged, tough game yeah. to have nine seasons where he played. Yeah, he was sixteen, 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 fifteen, sixteen. He played all the time. He was durable as all yeah. as could be. And think about that Detroit year where they went 0-16. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm willing to bet Cliff played 16. Mm-hmm. I think he did. And, I... and, and and you know, if you think about it, too, no one will ever 
I will never be one on record talking about guys not wanting to play, guys not being tough. Because anyone that steps out on that field is tough. I don't care who you are. But in an 0-16 season, if guys do get hurt, they don't tend to rush back. Okay, there tends to be a little bit extra time before you get back on the field because your incentive isn't there, right? You're not going to the playoffs, right? What difference is it going to make? I'm not saying, again, that guys are just flaking out, but it's also the type of year, usually 0-16 teams have a ton of injuries as well. It Mm -hmm. just kind of happens that way. The better teams don't have them. Some of it's luck, but some of it's that great dynamic that's going on, and guys that may be out for two weeks might only be out for one for whatever reason. You know, it just kind of kicked in that way. Cliff Averill played it all the way out. Think about this. Think about that as a professional. Yeah, and then think about this. That 0-16 season was his rookie season. He played 15 games. Tough way to break into the league, but look what he made of himself after that. And, 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 you know, we always talk about getting guys from other squads, like when you're putting together your rebuild, okay, whatever organization it is. They love to get those veteran guys or even the young guys who have a history of winning, all right? You often hear that from, from programs. Like Atlanta at one point was, was touting how many captains that they had of their college programs on their team. Other teams say, well, look at the winning records of guys and the programs that they came from. They love to have that in the locker room. Well, you're coming from a, a program that was 0-16. That's not a big selling point for you. But he was able to transcend that and not bring that negativity with him and be part of something that was truly great, and that's what it was in Seattle. I know people talk about we can argue all day long about dynasty, not dynasty. Look, in this league, when you go to playoffs year in and year out, Think about think about basketball when you play the extra games, right? With the additional wear and tear, it's harder and harder every year to come back because you've played longer than other people. That's what Seattle had going for them and played for two championships and won one of them. No one can no one can ever dispute this, and this is the greatest thing about about making this point because we'll never know. They, I don't think they win a Super Bowl if they don't sign Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett. I just don't think it ever happens. Yeah. They had a great defense already before. What they were lacking, though, was two guys. That you got, people got to remember this. They didn't even start the year they won the Super Bowl. They came off the bench. They and and yep. they played a, a ton. But those two guys, they were the missing the the last two missing pieces uh, from that defense. Were those two guys? They all end up becoming a, a great friends. And you know what I like about him even more, Charles? I mean, he's a he was a yeah. fantastic football player. He's a great yeah. teammate. I think it's the stuff he does off the field. We don't talk a, yeah. enough about players in sports. What they do off the field, we focus too much on the negative. And he is really giving back to the community. And he's he's not just putting his name on something. Like he really is True. involved in everything. Yeah, he, you know, he's, one of my favorite shows is Billions. I don't know if you guys oh, watched that. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted right, to it. With, Love with, it. With, with Axe, right? Yeah. You remember a couple seasons ago, Axe was buying, you know, he's trying to buy his name onto different places. Remember sure. what he was donating to have his name on this and take someone's name off of it? <laughs> Correct. It's a great point just made about Cliff. He's not putting his name on something with a check. He's putting his check and good works to use, not mm-hmm. just in the community there in Seattle, obviously in Haiti. You know, building homes for people, go on and on. When I see stories like that and I realize they don't get the publicity that they should, we always end up back with a negative story and it it plays longer, and I feel lesser about myself if I'm a part of that, that I should be more on the side of, no, we're not talking about that knucklehead over there. Let's talk about what Cliff Averill did in Haiti. Let's talk about what Cliff Averill did in Seattle. There's got to be more of that, and I know it sounds moralistic, and I think all of us are nodding. Like, if you're driving somewhere now, yeah, 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 you're exactly right, you're exactly right. Yet as soon as the negative story breaks out, 
we gravitate towards yeah. them. It's just mm-hmm. kind of who we are. It's almost like a car wreck. You say, don't look, don't look. Ah, I'm watching. And that's why we rubberneck and slow down and, and, and jam up the highway. It's just kind of a human nature thing, and I point at myself first before I point at anyone else. You know, and speaking of that, I'm getting word that they're actually going to change the name of the Space Needle to the Cliff Averill Needle, so maybe <laughs> maybe we're starting to see now the real side of this guy, and oh my God, it's terrible. It's, you know, um, I, certainly, I certainly hope so. That would be a terrific thing, and I hope he didn't have to pay what Axe had to pay for that building to no. get his name on it. <laughs> that, that's so funny. That's such a great reference. I just love the fact that, I mean, you, you know what you are? You're, you're perfect. You, you really are perfect. You you love '80s movies. You love football. You love golf, and now you love billions. I I could spend the rest of the segment talking about billions with you, but you but and I I'll would probably be what, the only ones interested. Well, I've got to get to Seattle and come hang yeah, with you guys. For sure, we can hang on on and off air because yeah. it sounds like we all have a lot in common. So you know, given given the fact that they fired me to bring Averly, and I got lots of free time, <laughs> I'm going to have all the time in the world, Charles. We can go over to the Cliff Averill Needle, and I'll buy you a cocktail. Well, if Cliff's Cliff the guy we say he is, he's going to have you back uh, frequently. So. Uh, I'm so happy for him, and it, it, it's a cool thing. For this station to get a guy who just, I mean, I'm going to assume Mondays at 10 a.m. is going to be a huge time for people to listen, because if there's a guy who's going to be better positioned to talk about what happened on Sunday than Cliff Averill, I don't know who it would be. I'm just glad that he's coming to hang with you guys and that he didn't target my job because then I'd be yeah. hanging with you. Yeah, so that's true. That'd be that. Um, okay, we, we, before we before we play our play our movie clip, I mean, we got to talk yeah. about it. I mean, what 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 was he wearing? I mean, my God, Brady. I mean, what was that? He, I, I, have you ever seen? <laughs> he's wearing what Giselle, he's wearing what Giselle told him to wear. Well, okay, you've seen you've seen the movie you've seen the movie Hunger Games, right? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, he looked like Stanley Tucci. I mean, he looked—it was, it was <laughs> unbelievable what he looked like. I mean, the the jokes were—I I will say this, you know, Twitter we know can be a mean place. Right? Yes. We, we we know that. Twitter can also be a place where you know, if you're not the butt of the joke, it can be. I mean, some people's creativity with oh, stuff hilarious absolutely blew me away. Oh. And again, I'm trying not to be hypocritical about because it it's no fun <laughs> when you turn on Twitter and people are just destroying you and you're just like, well, who you? Well, kill someone else. I can laugh at them. I don't want to be that. But I will say when I saw Tom's outfit, I was like, wow, that's, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a gutsy call right there. You know what I mean? And here's the thing, Tom Brady sitting somewhere in this world, uh-huh. Not giving a single yeah. f yeah. what we think. Counting his and money. And, go, oh, what did and, you say, Charles? I'm sorry. Nor I, should he? <laughs> I couldn't hear and you over all the hundred dollar bills I'm counting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, and by the way, did you see his bride's outfit? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, doesn't uh, matter what I'm wearing. Do uh, you see her? Right. Uh, we, I win. Yeah. By the way, bye guys. I win. Yeah. See ya. And and he does. So more power to him. All right. Uh, we'll leave you with a uh, with a golf clip. Of course, my one of my favorite tournaments is going to start tomorrow. In fact, I think it's my second favorite tournament after the Masters. Players. I love the players. Uh, yeah. And really, players. Is... have you played that course? No, no, Charles. I I don't have money. I, I couldn't. Play okay, listen. You, one day you got to go play TPC there and take your shots at the at the island oh, green. Yeah. But the course itself is tough. Oh, it looks okay, don't let anybody fool you, even for the pros. Yeah. That is a brutal course. I think Tiger's only won there once. Uh, and you remember when in, in his yeah. prime. I 2001? Think once or, yeah, I think yeah. so. It's either once or twice max. Yeah. And I think that's where Hal Sutton got him. Be the right club yep. today. Yep, that's a great I think club. that's where Hal got him, too. All right, so. uh, our 80s movies cli- uh, movie clip takes us uh, back to one of the best movies of all time, uh, Caddyshack, Ty Webb, Carl Spangler, playing through. Can I say something to you, Frank? Ty, Frank, 
You've been acting psychotically lately. What the hell? Why? Well, I've been a little under strain. I got a plate of smells tomorrow. Smells? Money match, no. The thing you do with smells is, he bothers you, I'll take care of him. What you got to do with the smells is, you cut the hamstring on the back of his leg right at the bottom, and never play golf again. Because he goes back, his weight displacement goes back, and he stays there. All his weight's on his right foot, he's going to be pushing everything off to the right. He'll never come through on anything. He'll quit the game. That would work, and I'm, I'm going to call you if I need that help. But seriously, no BS. You ever want to rap or anything? You know, just talk or just, you know, get weird with somebody. You know, buddies for life, I think. I'll drop by. You drop by my place anytime. Good. What's your address over there? You're around Briar, right? Briar. Uh-huh. Two. You got a pool over there? We have a pond in the back. We have a pool and a pond. A pond would be good for you. Natural spring. Oh. Yeah, or, or you know, the pool and a pond. Anything would be good. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to clean this up. You go ahead and clean up a little bit. It looks oh. fine to me. <clears throat> Thanks for the dope. Oh, there it is. Thanks for the yeah, Ty Webb, Carl Spangler. I love that one. And, and I'm going to let you, obviously we're leaving. Yeah. I'm going to get, you know, I typically have a backstory to our movie oh, stuff. Yeah. I've got one for you today. Okay, give it to me. Okay. There's a book out now. I don't know if you've seen it. Called Caddyshack, The Making of a Hollywood Cinderella Story. I have not, but now I'm going to go get it. Please get it. Okay. It's by Chris. Nashawati, N-A-S-H-A-W-A-T-Y. And what he did was he went back and did the entire story of the making of Caddyshack, oh. including the people who came up with it, did it, but their backstories, their lives, how they got there. Remember, this kind of grew out of the Harvard Lampoon, mm-hmm. which became the National Lampoon. These were the guys behind it, okay? One of the key guys behind all of this, a guy by the name of Doug Kenny. Now, you may not know Doug, but in the movie Animal House, you remember Animal House? Oh, yeah. You remember, you remember the stork? Uh, yes. The guy who played the stork, remember he grabbed the baton and yes. took the band down the, down the corridor? <laughs> yes, yes. He was like, what do you think you are, a mo- you moron? Remember? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. What supposed to do, that, you moron? That, that's Doug Kenny. That's Doug Kenny. He's one of the principal guys behind all this stuff. And this book, I grabbed it, read it in, in a single day. Get this thing. You will absolutely love it. And that scene there with Cat with 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 uh Chevy and Bill Murray yeah. was not originally in the movie. Hmm. They kept getting the rushes back to LA and they kept saying, How come Murray and and and, and, and Chevy are not in a scene together? Because they were the hottest things going at that time. You gotta get a scene for them. And that's how they helped create the scene. And none of Murray's scenes were truly scripted. They were all concepts. Turn on the camera, go. And that's what Murray did during that time. And the last part about that is those two were on Saturday Night Live together and at the making of that movie hated each other. Yeah. <laughs> They'd had an actual fist fight at Saturday Night Live and they were not thinking about putting them in any scenes because they knew there was tension. And they put them in the scene and those guys ended up making, you know, breaking bread and kind of getting back to being okay oh. with each other. But to hear Chevy Chase describe the scene in the book and what went on during that time, it's terrific. So get the book. Okay. I'm telling you, it's terrific. Charles, great stuff. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. You guys be good. Take care. There thanks he is, uh, thanks Char- for the dope, Charles. Yeah, thanks for the <laughs>
<laughs> I'll say it every time I see him now. Oh God, I love that movie more than anything. <laughs> that movie, it just they it were, ne- they, it they never were, gets old. They were they were all they all admitted they were all doing coke. Oh, I'm, yeah, like sure. the whole time that, that because people are like it's such a guy. I, I think it, it oh. has moments, but there's times when you can tell there wasn't a lot of control over any of this. They oh. were making it up as they go, God, and it's, it's amazing what they came up uh, with. So good. Uh we have some breaking news uh, on the Seahawks. I wouldn't say it's major. We'll touch Whoa, on. Oh, really? Uh, well, I'll just do it now because uh, breaking cause, news because Gary Hill going to join us coming up next. Gary on the call last night on the radio, him and Rick Riz. Uh, Gary, of course, uh, they, we've talked about this before. Classmate over at Washington State, the Murrow School of Communication. Uh, he's on the call filling for our guy Dave Sims uh, doing the radio. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting. Maybe there was someone that had this first. I'm, I apologize. Uh, the Seahawks and Brandon Marshall. Not uh, They're bringing in Brandon Marshall for a visit. Uh, the, uh, the old veteran wide receiver. To kick the tires on if a guy who's, I don't know how long has he been in the league, 13 years, can uh, have some time left on the old uh, uh, tread left on the tires. He's coming to visit.